On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, dear saints, the atheist wakes up on a gorgeous fall morning. They look out their window as the colors are changing. The grass is wet and the air is crisp. And they remark, oh, how I wish there was someone to thank for all of this beauty. Hmm. Well, there is. There is God their creator and the maker of all things bright and beautiful. And we hope that they had found since then that it is good to give thanks to the Lord, like Psalm 92 tells us. Thanksgiving is the favorite form of Christian expression. It dominates the prayers of all of the New Testament and is the central theme of the prayers of our Jesus. What a better affirmation of God's existence, his presence and his goodness to all of us is there than constantly and spontaneously thanking our God for the blessings that he gives to us. Now, St. Paul, he begins most of his epistles, his letters on this wonderfully positive note of gratitude and thanksgiving to his readers for their support of his work, for their faith and their love and their commitment to the good news, to the gospel. And within many of his letters, there are spontaneous outbursts of gratitude. Indeed, some of his letters, they continue these expressions of thanksgiving and gratitude in almost every chapter. And it's the warmth of his gratefulness for the joy Jesus gives him and the joy that he experiences because of the help that he receives from members of the church. And that strikes us overwhelming, most of all. And above all, St. Paul can never seem to stop 
thanking God for all of the grace in which he receives. You see, we cannot enjoy God's grace without being overwhelmingly joyful and grateful for it. Grace, joy, and gratitude, they're inseparably linked. How happy we are depends on the extent of our gratitude. And the truest test of one's gratitude, it's not possible, you see, to be grateful. That is overflowing with gratitude and unhappy at the same time. The author, Susan Jeffers, she writes this. When I worked with the poor in New York City, I was always amazed at the gratefulness in the hearts of so many who, in the material sense, seem to have so very little. What were they so grateful for, she asks. They were grateful to be simply alive, to have food on their table, to enjoy the sun on a beautiful day, to have their health, their friends, their family, and to be contributing members of their community. And at the same time, I was always amazed by the lack of gratefulness in the hearts of so many who, in a material sense, had so much. She continues, If you were to ask me which of the two were happier, without any hesitation, I would say the materially poor with gratefulness in their hearts. Now it's been said, if you are criticizing, if you are blaming or constantly complaining, then you don't have any room To be grateful. We all have many, many more things to be thankful for than we can even complain about. Now, I challenge you because I I did it this week myself because I didn't quite believe it. But do this. Google it. Go to a thesaurus. But look up the word thanks. Go to Google, type in thesaurus, put in thanks. And see how many different variations of that word comes up. It's kind of sad. Because there's only seven different variations for the word thanks. Now, on the flip side, to the contrary of that, type in the word complain, complaining. There's a lot more variations for the word complain. There's 19 variations for the word complaining. We have lots of ways to be grumpy, you and I. But we're not as skilled at expressing our appreciation, are we? Gratitude is not only the greatest of the virtues But it's the parent of all the virtues, and that's sad in that sense. 
Now, in today's gospel, however, it suggests that thankfulness is it's a rare view, virtue and that we are poorer as a result of this. It's also highlighting that the most unlikely of people are often the most grateful. The New Testament, it says that a lack of gratitude is the mark of a pagan rather than of God's people. Yet in the story of the healing of the ten leopards, it's an outsider, a shunned Samaritan, rather than any of the nine Jews, God's own people who overflows with thanksgiving to Jesus for giving him the greatest of any of the blessings in which he's ever received in his life. Now, Jesus, he didn't go around carrying some poster board or wearing a special t-shirt advertising himself as some uh, miracle worker. No, because he didn't need to. Those who were diseased, they soon heard about his healing powers. And seeing Jesus from afar, these 10 lepers, they felt that they had nothing to lose as they pleaded, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And this term that they use, Master, it was the form of the address that that usually only Christ's closest associates used. How did they know our Lord so well? And, and maybe one of the lepers had been a follower of Jesus, but withdrew when he became a leper before he could possibly ask for his healing. I don't know. In any case, this form of address, it's, highly personal and it designates the speaker as a servant to this master master have mercy on us it's a simple request and there's no pleading there's no explanation there's no discussion nothing more was needed to be said And overflowing with compassion, Jesus, he responded to their isolation and illness with the reply, go and show yourselves to the priests. Now, the priests, they acted as the health officials who could restore them back into their communities. We're aware of this type of situation, especially over the last couple of years, needing the thumbs up or the okay to come out of quarantine, to return to work or return to school, somebody to say, yep, you're healthy, you're okay. And that's the priest's job. And this action, it would reveal their faith that they had in Jesus. And as they went and as they headed towards these priests, the lepers, they simply were healed. And there's no doubt in my mind that they probably danced with joy as they now returned to their friends and to their family. They were so absorbed 
in their newfound health that they forgot the source. They felt Jesus had nothing more to offer them. And that's sad. It's terribly disappointing, the lack of gratitude. Martin Luther, he once said that ingratitude is the most shameful vice and the greatest dishonoring of God. It is a vice which dries up the fountain of goodness, i.e. human goodness. And to the contrary, what a joyous blessing unexpected expressions of gratitude can be. In today's gospel, the man who knew Jesus the very least, the only non-Jew, he takes the time and the effort to turn around and thank Jesus. And in doing so, the Grateful Samaritan's initial faith in Jesus, it grows leaps and bounds. He saw what an unmerited gesture of divine grace in his healing was. Overflowing with thankfulness, he kneels at Jesus' feet in humble adoration, and Jesus responds to him by bestowing on him an even further blessing. The blessing of salvation. Your faith has made you well. Jesus now extends to him the hand of friendship, reconciliation, and salvation. In giving thanks to God, our God blesses us a second time. Time. That's right, we're twice blessed. You see, the way that we receive something in our life is far more important than what we actually receive. We don't only pray for our daily bread, we also ask Jesus to grace our meals by praying, come Lord Jesus, be our guest, and let your gifts to us be blessed. That is doubly blessed. All we have from Jesus can either be, either be taken for granted or received with gratitude. Our gifts, our Lord's gifts to us, are too good to take for granted. We can never thank God too much for all the gifts around us. There's a book out there. It's titled 40 Ways to Say Thank You to Your Lord. The author is a gentleman by the name of James Bjorg. And he gives some suggestions to, as to how you show your gratitude. And he, he suggests to us that we give thanks for such things like creation, 
salvation, forgiveness, for our memory, for today, for this day. In his book, he invites us to thank God, to thank the Father, to thank Jesus and thank the Holy Spirit. He says to be thankful for our parents, to be thankful for our children, to be thankful for those who serve us and for those that we serve, for our family and for our friends. And in reading this, I think that we could go out and write ourselves another book, 365 Reasons for Thanking God. Because each new day, we can come up with so many reasons to thank God for each and every blessing that we see in each new day. A pastor friend of mine, known for being an internal optimist. He was renowned for his ability to find a reason to thank God in all sorts of situations, good and bad, finding the good in everything and counting the many blessings. And on one given Sunday, when the weather was bitterly cold, it was probably a January or February day in eastern Montana. His flock, the congregation members, they sat around debating how is this guy going to praise and thank God today. On a day like this, where is he going to come up with the silver lining in all of this? And as they sat in their anticipation, they, on the edge of their seat, maybe, they just were, were ready to hear this prayer of, of thanksgiving. The, the pastor got up to the pulpit and he, he goes, Oh, thank you, oh God, that the weather is not like this always. In prison for his faith, And awaiting execution, Pastor Dietrich Bonhoeffer reminds us that we are hardly aware in ordinary life that we receive a great deal more than we give. And that is gratitude that first makes life rich. Dear saints, you too can discover what a life-enriching experience gratitude can be. Nothing brightens a day, yours and others, as much as gratitude can. The greatest saints are the most grateful ones. Rather than complaining that their cups are half empty, they are overcome with thanks to God that it's still half full. And they are eternally grateful and blessed to even have a cup. Don't deny yourself joy, the joy that comes from giving thanks. And don't delay thanking each person that you talk to today for something, even if it's only for listening to you. Gratitude is something which must be expressed as soon as possible, or it probably won't happen we notice that joyful Christians are grateful ones and suppose they're grateful for the joy that they have. 
But the reverse is also true. Their joy springs from their gratitude in response to what God has already done for them in their many blessings that they have received. Now I ask, God grant that each new week ahead of you, that that will be your experience as well. A joy that thrives and is fed by gratitude. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.